You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Isaiah chapter 54. A little while back, we, until the Lord led me to teach on one or two other things that were necessary at the time, remember I spoke about making no little plans here. Make no little plans here. Now I know we had kind of slipped into a place where we're saying no small plans here, but uh, I just wanted to make sure that we understood that that particular title, Make No Little Plans Here, was a sign that was on Oral Roberts' desk at ORU, Oral Roberts University, and he got that from a quote of Daniel Burnham, and so I want to just bring it back there because that's what, that what inspired me to teach this message. No small plans, no little plans basically means the same thing. Let's go big. And so we talk about no, make no little plans here. Make no little plans here. Family God, we serve an awesome God. We serve a big God. And we are living in a time when it seems very challenging and the enemy is doing everything he can to try and put us into fear. He is using every method and every tool that is known to man. I mean, whether it's sickness and disease, whether it has to do with financial pressure, political pressure, uh, just generally social pressure, whatever he can. If it doesn't work in one area, he's going to try and put that pressure on us in another area. And so we got to recognize and see that because that fear is designed to contaminate faith. That's all that it is, because once you hear the Word of God, you have faith. The Word says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Anyone who's ever heard a scripture spoken from the Word of God has received faith. You say, well, then how come it doesn't work for everybody? Well, the Word's very clear that faith without works is dead. It is possible to have faith and not apply it. That's why Jesus, very often when people did move on their faith, he was astounded. He says, you know, even like that centurion who was a Gentile, he says, I haven't seen faith like this in Israel. And that's where he said, you know, when he returns, will he find faith in the earth? And family of God, we are those people of faith. We are the household of faith. And this is the word that we preach, the word of faith. And the spirit of faith is having believed, I speak. And faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. And so when you stand up in that faith and you make a decision to walk forward, great things happen in the realm of faith. Now, the enemy knows this. and He has to try and stop that from working. Just the same way when, Paul, when, when, when Peter was called out by Jesus onto the water and he started walking, he was walking on the water. As long as he was in the realm of the Spirit, heard an instruction which is outside natural sense when he said, if that's you, Lord, tell me, come. And Jesus says, come. He gets out of a good solid boat onto water and then he walks. That's just outside the realm of the natural. And he's walking in the supernatural on that water. But you notice when his eyes dropped from the supernatural onto the natural, when he started looking at the waves and he felt the wind and he saw what was happening around him, what happened? He began to sink. Why? Because fear got involved. Fear got involved. And when Jesus got a hold of him, he looked at him. Why did you have such little faith? He wasn't talking about small faith. He's talking about faith that was a short burst. You go study out the Greek word used there. It talks about short duration. Your faith was there. Why did you let it go? Well, what stopped it? 
It was that fear. And family of God, I want to encourage us today to know that no matter what has happened in your life, I don't know where you are right now, because I'm speaking to many people, but then maybe somebody has lost their business. Maybe someone has, their, their income has stopped and, and their bank has been drained. And maybe you're facing something in your physical body that, that, is, that is painful and you stood in faith for healing and it seems like it doesn't seem to be working. Maybe there's stress and pressure at home, friends, family, whatever it is. I'm yet to encourage you that God has not given up on being God. I said God has not given up on being God. And when he says we need to get ready for his word, when he gives us a promise, when he releases it into our lives, we need to make preparation for it. We saw here in Isaiah 54 verse 1, he says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Now, you can put that into a word of prophecy where maybe you've sown your seed, but you haven't seen a harvest. You've spoken the word, but it seems like nothing's producing. And maybe the devil's told you, well, you're just one of those Christians. You don't get, you don't get what you say, and you don't get the harvest. Yeah, everybody else, I mean, they're fruitful. I mean, you would expect Pastor Allen to do it. I mean, he's the pastor, you know. No, God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't do something for me because I'm a pastor. He doesn't do it because I'm preaching the word. He does it just the same way with Jesus. The only reason that God moved powerfully in the life of Jesus was because he spoke the word. He was the word, but he had to speak that word. He had to declare that word. The Bible says that how Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed that ever, for God was with him. And he was very clear on it. He would always speak the word. Every time he spoke, that's when the healing took place. When he spoke, that's when the miracle took place. And so that's the way Jesus is. And so he's not a respecter of persons. He still honors his word in every single believer's life, including yours. Say amen. And so even though you may be feeling like you haven't been able to produce, he says it's time to sing. To sing. Well, there's nothing to sing about. Yes, there is. You serve a God that says, I am listening to you. I know that you've labored and it seems like nothing's come forth from that labor. Now it's time to labor. He says in verse 2, he says, listen to this. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Tell someone near to you, don't spare. Do not spare. Now, if you're on your own, get onto, on, a, on WhatsApp or something and just send it to someone and say, I'm not going to spare, and I'm giving you a word, do not spare. Say that, do not spare. Say, no little plans here. He says, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. You shall expand to the right and to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced. For you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. You will not remember it anymore. Now notice, if he says, yeah, you'll not be ashamed, nor be disgraced. 
So do not fear. Now, you know, the word says in Galatians 6, 7, that when you sow the seed, God is not mocked. So if God's not mocked, he's not going to let you be mocked. I said, if God's not mocked, he's not going to let you be mocked. How you realize that if, 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 if the enemy manages to tell you, well, you've sown your seed and you're not going to get a harvest, that's mocking. And God says, you will not be put to shame. If you've ever sown a seed, that seed is still as ready today to produce the harvest that it was the day you planted it. And God is not mocked. He's not going to allow you to be put to shame. Shout hallelujah. And so we know that, yes, it may seem impossible. Remember Luke 18, 27, God said, Jesus speaking says, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. In Mark chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus looked and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Say that, with my God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Remember Ephesians 3.20, Our God is able to do how much? Exceedingly and abundantly and above all. That you ask or think. How? According to the power that works in us. Not according to our ability. It's according to His power that works in us. Just lift your hand and say, God's power is at work in me. That power enables God to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what I can even imagine. So now, family, it's time to get ready. I said it's time to get ready. Now, come and have a look at 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Now, this is Solomon. He has recently finished building the temple. Uh, David had planned. but Because David had so much blood in his hand, he said, you will not build the temple, but your son Solomon will build it. And Solomon had all the provision that, that, that David had prepared. And he went ahead and he built this temple. Now, in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 5, now the bronze altar that Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. And Solomon and the assembly sought God there. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting. And he offered how many? A thousand burnt offerings on it. Now, family of God, a thousand burnt offerings is huge. Can you imagine a thousand animals just in a, in, in, in a crawl, in you know, a, a fenced-off area? Can you imagine how big a thousand animals, how many thousand animals? I mean, just think a thousand sheep alone must be a lot, but neither probably bulls and things like that as well, goats. A thousand animals. How long did that offering take? I mean, that was an all-day affair. This wasn't a quick little, yes, one animal that has to be sacrificed, and that would have taken a process anyway. No, this is a thousand offerings. That is huge. Now, you've got to understand something here. God, when He sees an offering, it comes up as a sweet-smelling aroma. In the, in, the, in, in the New Testament, when we learn about that offering that came up before God, as a fragrant aroma, says his gifts and his arms came up as a memorial before God. Gifts have something to do in the kingdom of God. God sees offering. He sees seed. 
It doesn't bypass him. There's no ways you can give to God and God miss it. When you've given anything to God, I'm telling you, family, it, is called, it, it catches God's attention. Say, I've got God's attention. Notice verse 7. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? Now, family of God, you've probably heard me say this before. I'll say it again for those who haven't. For God to say, ask, what shall I give you? I want you to notice God didn't give him a list. He didn't clarify. He didn't say, yes, you know, if, if how many of you ever know that when you go shopping for a gift list, you ask for a gift list from somebody, we kind of look at the list and think, okay, I, I probably can buy from there to there in that category. But that's not what happened here. God says, I'm not giving you a category. I'm not giving you a range. He says, ask, and whatever you ask, I will give you. Now, God has put himself on the spot, and he is not a man that he would lie. And he is a God of integrity. And he says he watches over his word to perform it. In other words, if Solomon had said, I want to come sit on your throne, God, by that statement, has obligated himself to give that throne to him. Obviously, God knows something about Solomon that most people in the flesh wouldn't know. Come on, if a, if a multi-billionaire comes to us and says, here's my credit card, use it for whatever you want. Where's your brain going to go? <laughs> what do you think? What? i got the whole bank available to me? And that's, that's literally what God has done. He's, he's thrown the, the vaults of heaven open. And he says, whatever you want. See, family God, we don't serve a God who's shortchanged you. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't limit what he's going to give you. And he says, yeah, verse 8, And Solomon said to God, You've shown great mercy to David, my father, and you've made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you've made me king over people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now, give me wisdom and knowledge. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? And God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart. You didn't ask for riches or wealth or honor or even the life of your enemies. Nor have you asked for long life. You have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself. That you may judge my people over whom I made you king. So wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And, and. Our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly what we ask or think. Now, I can't tell you what Solomon was thinking at the time when he said, please give me wisdom. I don't know what else. When God said, ask whatever you want, I don't know where his brain went. I don't know what he thought. But here's the thing. What came out of his mouth impressed God. And God said, now with that wisdom, I'm going to go exceedingly abundantly above what you asked for. And that is I'm going to give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings had before you, nor shall any have after you have the like. Hallelujah. Family of God, get a hold of this. With that wisdom, Solomon was able to step into a life where everything he could ever imagine would be provided. 
Isn't that amazing? How you wouldn't mind that in your life? Now, this is why he wrote in Proverbs, if you come to look at Proverbs chapter 4, he says in verse 7, this is Solomon writing, he says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Now, where do you think he got that from? When you read Proverbs, you start in Proverbs chapter 1, you will recognize by the way he's writing, he's speaking, he is echoing what David, his father, had taught him. David had found and he understood the heart of God. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And so he taught his son. He would sit Solomon down and say, now listen, if there's anything you ever need, if anybody ever asks you what you need, remember this. Wisdom is the principal thing. And that was so mocked in Solomon. So by the time God said, what do you want? He was ready with the right answer. Because David had prepared him. Wisdom is the principal thing. What does principle mean? It's the first. It's the foundation. It's where you begin. God says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. He didn't say for a lack of money or a lack of education or a lack of the right upbringing or lack of the right skin color or a lack of opportunities. He said it was for a lack of wisdom. See, family God, no matter where you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter what has happened, no matter what your background is, your education, what society has tried to tell you works or doesn't work for your particular group, you've got to recognize this, that when God makes a decision for you and you have wisdom, you can go anywhere God wants you to be. No man can stop a man or woman who has the wisdom of God in them. That wisdom is primary importance. And he says here, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. In all your getting, get understanding. Family of God, how do you recognize that sometimes with, with well, what has happened now recently with this whole pandemic is the way we we're living life. It was like you'd go to bed one morning and you, uh, one night and you'd wake up in the morning and you knew what to do. You knew what time to wake up. You knew what time to get dressed. You knew what time to have breakfast. You knew what time to get in your car. And you knew where you were going and you were going to your office. And you knew when you got to your desk what to do tomorrow, uh, uh, do, do, do next at your desk. And you would just do that all day. And if you just did that long enough for the month, by the time the end of the month comes, you didn't even have to worry about it. You woke up next day and you knew it was on that day. You would wake up and there would be money in your bank. And we would do it all over again. And then one day we woke up and the government said, no more, stay in your house. And we woke up and there wasn't a job to go to. Where, where, do, I do, where do I go now? Where, now? Now that I'm sitting at home, I don't go to my desk. I don't, I don't have, when the end of the month comes. And a lot of people, all of a sudden, were in a totally different lifestyle, which everybody knew and understood it was just going to be like this for the rest of our lives. And all of a sudden, that was whooped away and it was changed. So what happens now? What do you do next? And you realize that if you don't have a solution for the next step, in other words, it's not so obvious as just get in my car and go to my office. We weren't allowed to get in our cars. 
So what happens is now, depending on how much we put dependence on those rituals, that would affect us. If, that, if my only trust was in that ritual and that job and that's suddenly gone, I am now in a very serious situation. And that's why he says yeah, in all your getting, get understanding. Recognize this. If God has promised to provide for you, then we need to know very quickly how to make changes. Have you noticed how some companies, for example, particularly online companies that did online deliveries, you look at the, some of those companies today, they are flourishing because the whole of society has been changed and converted. There's almost everybody I speak to now does some kind of shopping online. But two years ago, how many people actually went online to shop? I prefer to go to the mall. I prefer to hold the thing myself. I prefer to see it. I don't trust the online. I don't trust delivery. And most of the society wasn't online. And you go read, those companies today are flourishing. They're doing well and they got huge profits because everybody's using them. But a lot of times, those companies didn't make it in the beginning. There's a lot of startup companies that tried online shopping and they failed. Tried online shopping and failed. Why? Because society wasn't buying into it. You hear a lot of that. And, and all of a sudden, now that this, this crisis hit, this crisis has actually been an opportunity and they are doing very well because of it. Why? Because they understood the times. They saw now that we're, everybody's stuck in the home, well, now, we can get, now we're going to deliver. And they said, we're not just delivering now, this and this and this. We'll deliver whatever you want, we'll get it to you. Now, I'm saying that because that's in the natural sense. It's obvious that if you understand what's happening and position your business according to that, you can prosper even when things are bad. How you know God knows exactly how to position you? Oh, come on. I thought I'd get a bigger amen. How you know God knows exactly how to position you? And he says here, verse 8, exalt wisdom. Wisdom will promote you. Wisdom will bring you honor when you embrace her. Look at uh, chapter 3, Proverbs 3, verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Her proceeds are better than the profits of silver. It's better than your salary. If you can find wisdom and understanding, you can say goodbye to the salary boss. <laughs> Come on. God can promote you beyond just that little Friday to Friday paycheck. Shout amen. And he says, your proceeds are better than the profits of silver. Her gain is better than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies. All the things you may desire cannot compare with wisdom. Length of days are in her right hand. In her left hand, riches and honor. What are we talking about here? Health and wealth. Uh, you know, when somebody say, oh, that's that health and wealth message. Yes, look at that. Length of days, health and right hand, riches and honor, wealth. There it is in one scripture. Don't be nervous of it. Say, my God wants me healthy to live out my full length of days. And he wants me wealthy to do it successfully. Thank you for those 1,000 amens. Verse 16. one says, but I'm at home. How can you hear me? I hear all the amens. Even if you're at home, I hear it in the spirit. Amen. So say amen. See, that's better. There you go. Now, 16. 
Verse 17, her ways are ways of pleasantness. Her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain wisdom. Now, family God, that's God's promise. You have wisdom. You have everything you could possibly want, need, or desire fully provided for. It's good news. But watch this. Come and have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. In Him you are in Christ Jesus. Have you born again? Just lift your hand. Say, that's me. I'm born again. I'm of Him. And I am in Christ Jesus. Now this Christ of Jesus, you know, Christ is not His surname. Because yeah, in fact, it's in front of His name. The word Christ talks about the anointing of the anointed one. We're talking about the anointed one, Jesus, and what makes him anointed. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit, Acts 10.38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, with this anointing of the Holy Spirit, he became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Have you been redeemed? Are you saved? Have you been made sanctified? Have you been made the righteousness of God? In that same breath, you have received the wisdom from God. In other words, what Solomon had to ask God for, you got without even realizing it. Oh, that's got to do something for you. What Solomon had to ask God for, the day you're born again, even though you didn't know it, you got what Solomon got. The wisdom from God. Say that. I have the wisdom from God. Now have a look at chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7. We speak this wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now if you were here with us this morning, you should already be getting excited. Because what did we say about the mystery? Well, look at, keep your mark here. We're coming right back. Chapter 14, verse 2. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. That's the same chapter that he starts off here by saying we speak the mysteries of God. How do you speak the mysteries of God? By praying in tongues. By praying in the spirit. Now hold on to that thought and let's keep reading. Come back to chapter 2 verse 7. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. When you pray in tongues, you are speaking the wisdom of God. Say that when I speak in tongues, I'm speaking the wisdom of God. Now listen to this. It's the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of the age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of, the, of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us. How? Through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches the deep things of God. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even though so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know, that we might know, that we might know 
the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now these things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which, by which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Come down to verse 16. Who is known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Lift your hand and say, I have the mind of Christ. The very wisdom of God dwells within me. Now, now, now I want you to hear what we're saying here because God has prepared amazing things from you. If you've ever sat thinking, I don't know what to do next, just stop that thought and say, you know what? That's not coming out of my mouth. If it came out of my mouth, I, I bind that in Jesus' name. Father, forgive me. I know exactly what to do next because I have the mind of Christ. And you've got amazing plans for me. You've got such wonderful things prepared. I can't even think about them. But you still do exceedingly abundantly above what I ask or think. And so I don't know how to voice it, but I do know how to pray in tongues. And so right now I'm going to start praying. And as I pray, you reveal to me your wisdom. We know the things of God. As you pray in other tongues, as you pray in the Spirit, God starts to reveal them to you. Look at John chapter 14, verse 26. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you. How many? How many? Do you think He can teach you how to do an online company? Do you think He can teach you how to take your industry? Maybe your industry is over here and this industry depended on lots of people moving through your premises and you being out and about and them being out and about. Now all of a sudden that's not there anymore. Do you think He can teach you how to convert that into something else? Do you think yeah, He can teach you and say, don't worry about that, you can do this over here? But I don't, oh no, Pastor Allen, I've only got these limited skills. No, you don't. You may think you're limited, but that's just a thought. The only limitation I might have may be my experience in the natural, my physical experience. But you read the scripture says that the natural man can only receive the things of the natural. If I've been taught to do something like, you know, maybe service a motor car, I might not know how to service an airplane. That's outside of my training. But the Holy Spirit can teach you. I said the Holy Spirit can teach you. He, look here, he says the Holy Spirit will teach you how many things? All things. He'll bring to your remembrance how much? All things that I said to you. Look at Isaiah 48 verse 17. Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God. Now read this out loud with me. Listen. Ready? Go. Who teaches you to profit who leads you by the way you should go. Say this, God teaches me to profit. Wow. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. He adds no sorrow with it. And finally, Proverbs 10, verse 31. Listen to this. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. The mouth of the righteous. How many of you are righteous? You born again? Say, I am the righteousness of God. Family of God, I want to encourage you. I, as I said right at the beginning, I don't know where you are and what state you're in. 
But this I do know. God is still God. And all we have to do is believe that. I want to encourage you now. Whether if you, some of us may still be prospering. Maybe I, some of us are like that online ordering company that's suddenly flourishing because actually we're doing better than lockdown than we did before. And I've had many testimonies like that come in. Some people have said, Pastor Alan, ever since lockdown, we've actually doubled income. We've tripled. We've just seen God move powerfully. I believe that. Why? Because you've sown your seed and you've been faithful. But here's the thing. If that hasn't happened, you've also sown your seed and you've been faithful. But maybe it's going to take an adjustment. It's going to take a change. Instead of waiting and keep waiting, what if this never, what if that thing just doesn't come back again? What are we going to do tomorrow? What is your next step? It's now it's time to trust God and say, Father, I know you're not mocked. I sowed my seed. That seed is still speaking and it's still increasing, and it's still multiplying, and there is a guaranteed harvest. Now, I'm calling that harvest forth. Now, get into that prayer closet and begin to pray in the Spirit. Just pray in tongues. Pray and intercede. And say, I have the mind of Christ. I believe I know what to do. And here's the thing. Don't pray in fear. Don't pray in fear. Step back out of there and just begin to praise God. And even if you don't get an answer right away, say, well, I, don't, I need an answer now. Oh, man, I've got to have it right now. Family God, a lot of people hesitate to go pray because they've got to get out and go and do something. And if they don't, we're going to fail. But here's the thing. They started failing two years ago. Now it's been a year. And now they're still failing. Somewhere along the line, you've got to say, you know what? I don't care what happens from now. And I'm pulling away from the busy, 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 busy. And I'm going to put my mind to hear the mind of Christ. And as you pray and as you intercede and you just wait on the Lord, just listening, you're speaking the mysteries. You're declaring what you need. And God will begin to teach you. He will reveal to you your next step. He'll tell you, don't worry about that market. Here's something that's happening right now. And I want you involved over here. And this is what you need to do. And this is who you need to contact. And this is what you need to invest. And he'll give you those instructions step by step. All you need to do is take the next step. Just obey him in the little instruction. And then he gives you another one. Obey him in that little instruction. Most of the time we're waiting for the whole plan. Lord, until you give me everything, I'm not going anywhere. No. You want to walk on the water? You've got to step out the boat. Just get out and don't worry about how it's going to happen. Because when he said walk, when he said come, that's all you needed. And as long as you step out the boat, you're going to see exceedingly abundantly above. I really want to encourage you, inspire you. Your best is yet to come. It is. I know who I'm talking to. You know who I'm talking to. You're hearing it today. You know it's you. Amen. Now say, I received that today. Hallelujah. Suppose the next question is, how many of us are actually going to do it? Because it's in the doing that we're going to see the manifestation. But I believe that today, as you've heard the word of God, it's inspired you. It's given you the faith to know that when God gives his word, it's because he says yes and amen, and he fully intends for it to happen. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to all the testimonies because that's what's about to happen. We're going to hear of new companies, new ideas, new inventions, the way that 
society's going. God's breathing new ideas all the time. And I'm encouraging you, step out and go for it. And watch what God does. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid of losing. Because if we don't do anything, we've lost anyway. Don't be afraid of losing. Stretch out. Lengthen those stakes. Widen your tents. Get ready. There's a major move of God coming. Amen. Amen. Shout amen. Shout hallelujah. You believe that today? Then give God praise. Let Him know you believe Him. Come on, give Him praise. Give Him praise. Let Him know you believe Him. And then, yeah, in your home, just right now, just lift your voice and praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We receive it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Father, I pray. I pray that each and every person that's under the sound of my voice, that the faith of your word has filled each heart and that we are inspired to pray. And as we do, the very wisdom of Christ manifests in a tangible way at many plans of birth. Many inventions are coming forth. Great ideas, exceedingly, abundantly above what we would have thought. But Father, we thank you for the precious presence. I speak that blessing. I speak that blessing. I speak that blessing. Today is the poorest day of the rest of your life. This is, you've hit rock, some of you have hit rock bottom. Here's the thing. When you've hit rock bottom, the only way left is up. Now stand up. Rise up. And lift up and run and see what God does. Hallelujah. And I declare the manifestation of the wisdom of Christ in each and every believer tonight. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Say, I receive it.